RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Welcome to Closing the Distance. My name is Lindsay Slocum. I'm one of the pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and it is my honor today to get to interview Jeff, our senior pastor, who preached a fantastic sermon yesterday. I'm very excited to talk about the Tower of Babel, Um, but first, I noticed yesterday when you were preaching, I noticed today in the meeting, you've got this bright yellow band around your wrist. I'm just wondering if we need to uh, address what's what, what's going on? What kind of event were you at? Well, Lindsay, on Friday night, my wife and I, Courtney, went to see Bruce Springsteen, the boss. And I'm just, I mean, honestly, I've been just living off the, like the fumes of that show. He went for almost three hours. It was incredible. And I just don't want to take off my little wristband. It says Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. It was, it was incredible. You know, it was one of the first dates Courtney and I went on back in, oh. golly, when we first started dating back in. A, long, a while ago, 13, 14 years ago, I took her up and we went to see him play in Charlotte. And I have the distinctive memory of looking around the crowd and going, we are by far the youngest people here. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's quite a bit younger than me, so she was definitely the youngest. And, um, <laughs> and it was just so fun. And I I love uh, Bruce's music. I've loved it for years. And um so it's really fun. And, you know, he's like 73 years old and he's dropping down on his knees. And I'm going, wow, is somebody going to help him up? I know. <laughs> yeah. And he just, and just the energy and enthusiasm to perform. And, you know, it just, it was awesome. And to see, you know, so many different kinds of people in the crowd, um, you know, we met, met these folks in uh sitting next to us or from like nowhere, Alabama. And they were like, they're like, we've never seen the boss before. We just can't wait. You know, so excited. Oh, wow. It was really fun. So I've definitely been living off the uh, the fumes and the aroma of that uh, great experience on Friday. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. I, I'm wondering now that, you know, this is like, what did you just say? Like a decade and a half later. So is, is your age matching the rest of the crowd a little better these days? Or everybody yeah, else I did. also a decade <laughs> I and a half older? I was like, I was like. Okay, now I've moved into the de- that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and then like best best song of the night. Like, which at what point were you like, oh my gosh, this is this is the best part of the night? Oh wow. Well, maybe I love Born to Run. Dancing in the Dark was fantastic. I mean, there was just so many good ones, Lindsay. It just he and like honestly, like I'm a huge fan, and I'm like. 
I went through a list of the songs. Oh, he didn't play this one or this one, this one. I was like, yeah. well, when you've got like a thousand great songs, like, yes. <laughs> you've only got three hours. Um, it was really fun. And the band was dialed in and it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the classics, um, you know, live because everybody just kind of sings along and, yeah. um, oh, the, actually the river might be my favorite Springsteen song and he played it, you Thank know, it's got that really famous um, kind of harmonica lick at the very beginning. And it was awesome. Oh, I'm so glad y'all did that. That's so fun. And I'm glad everybody was feeling well enough to know to go. I know you had sick kids this last week. So I'm glad everybody was. My well kids were sick. I was sick, Lindsay. <laughs> and, was and, sick. Well, you were sick because they had been sick. Like y'all were passing all kinds of germs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was uh, last week was a rough week. So uh, yeah. thanks for holding down the fort while uh, <laughs> I yeah. hate being sick. I'm not a good sick person. And so that was, it was uh, a trial, but I'm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. And I'm glad y'all had so much fun. And I'm glad you decided to tackle the Tower of Babel on Sunday. That It was a fabulous sermon. Um, and there's so many, there's so many amazing things that came out of it. Um, maybe my favorite thing was the fact that when I got home, you know, I have three teenage boys and there was a conversation in the car about maybe we do need to take a break from the computer and the phone every once in a while. And I was like, well, Jeff has worked a miracle. Wow. <laughs> stop the presses this is amazing i feel like a prophet man wow yeah i mean i think it only lasted for about three minutes but that's okay that's okay it's hey, introducing a conversation. <laughs> yeah yeah it was awesome thank you thanks okay so i think i don't know there's just so many in, incredible points but one of my favorite i think i'm going to say this multiple times but i think it was one of my favorite lines in the whole sermon so let's just start here was kind of toward the middle of the sermon um but you know you're talking about how they're working to build this tower and part of what they want to accomplish with this tower is to become like god and we kind of walked through some of the omnis and how technology tricks us into thinking that we also have these omnis that we also are all knowing and all um present and all powerful because of technology and then you said and this is my favorite line no matter how tall you build a tower it's still stuck to the ground I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. So let's just stick with that quote for a little while and talk about that and, and what that means. I mean, and you did go into this in the, the sermon, of course, what it means to be stuck to the ground, but let's just, let's just talk about that quote for a little while. So good. Yeah. Is that yours or did you, are you quoting from someone else? I think it's mine, but you know, hey. <laughs> I think it's mine, okay. but it's definitely not original to me. I'm sure somebody else has said something similar but, so good. you know, and I think like, so, so I think it's key in Genesis to understand that the human, okay, in Hebrew is the Adam, ha-Adam, and it's taken from the Adama, the, the soil, the earth, the dirt. Um, and so the Adam, the ha-Adam is taken from the Adama. And so you see the poetry there. Now in the Latin, I've heard it said um, that the human comes from uh, the word humando, which means to be buried, okay? Mm -hmm. Remember, what, what are the only creatures that bury the dead? It's human beings, human beings. There's mm -hmm. something about us that we bury our dead, that we had, there's some sacredness that, um, that we, return, we return our dead back to the earth, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I think 
you know, and, and Freud and psychiatrists and philosophers build a lot on this idea that we are the human beings in many ways, their goal in life is to escape death. It's to escape the fact that they come from the ground, right? And that can be expressed in a lot of unhealthy ways. And part of life is recognizing, like what is, you know, Plato, you know, has Socrates say, uh, uh, philosophy is a meditation upon death, right? Um, I can't, uh, or, or Wilco, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't live before I know how to die. Yeah, and, I am. And, and really, um, and so I think I read the Tower of Babel story as kind of a part of that lineage, part of that tradition, that we have to be very careful as human beings to, uh, you know, to fly too, like, uh, you know, fly too close to the sun. Yeah. We, we can escape our humanness. And I think, especially technology, how far it's advanced, that human beings think that we can escape our humanness, our humanity. And that's really dangerous to do, uh, both, you know, systemically and for the world, but also individually for our own personhood. Yes, yes, so good, so good. And the more, you're so smart, you always are going through all of the philosophies and stuff. So now I have a million things that are bouncing around my head. But one of the, the things that occurred to me while you were talking and you're talking about you know, Icarus flying too close to the sun and um, constantly trying to escape. And I was going back to this tower imagery and I was thinking, you know, the, the taller that we attempt to build the tower, the more it has to touch the ground there, like the wider the bases or the more supports or whatever, like the, it can't, we can't get tall until there is enough support and connectedness back to the ground. I, so just continuing to illustrate your point. Yeah. Point. That's a great point. I didn't think about that, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So good. Looking Sorry, now I'm Icarus. I, well, I all cards on the table. I know the story of Icarus, but the reason I remember his name is because it's in a Hamilton song. So <laughs> I, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. how I remember his that's name. Funny. <laughs> good for you. Hey, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, so much, gosh, there's just so much in there for us to think about. Um, and the, and also, I guess, and you know, at that point, you also, in the sermon, you were talking about the limits to technology and that we've got to be really uh, aware of kind of the limits of technology and and the power of, and you went into the the brain, uh, the, the megaphone metaphor, which is, you've used that in a sermon before, I think. I really love that analogy. I think it's so good. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, partially, I love just that parable, that analogy of the brain yeah. dead megaphone. And I think mo most of us, when we hear it, we go, oh, yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of brain dead megaphones in our guys in our lives, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then I like also a lot of people I don't, I'm surprised don't know of George Saunders and his work. And I was like, hey, go read his stuff. He's fantastic. Really thoughtful, really um brings sharp analysis to our modern kind of contemporary condition uh, and what it means to be human in modern life. And so that's really helpful. Um, and the brain dead megaphone, it's just, it's just an analogy I just really love. So uh, I, I try to bring that out every so often. You know, Lindsay. That's so powerful. 
I assume that most of the congregation, I have trouble remembering what I said last week, let alone <laughs> like several years ago. So I figure most people are probably in my camp. <laughs> well, see, see how good I'm listening. Cause, but also sure. because it's such a powerful metaphor that it totally sticks with me. Okay, but so this is my thing. And this is what I wanted to talk about for just a minute. This is my thing, because I agree with all the things like um, you talked about that, the live in person and we are exchanging intimacy for distance because the communication allows us to, or the technology allows us to be in communication with all these people all over the place, but we lose intimacy. Um, and it, it, just kind of several different ways you came at this idea of, this, the connection in person is more powerful, always more powerful. And that's what kind of what we're created for. And I totally agree with that. I, but I think that maybe it just has to do with some of the various scenarios that we have different things that we've had in the last little bit and some of the conversations that we've had and some of the things that some of our church members are going through. I think a gift that technology gives us that we've got to acknowledge is that the there are people for whom that that in person that those who are in proximity that that community in proximity has been so traumatic it has caused such trauma for a person that that the that the connection that they've been able to achieve via technology has really been a, a lifesaver for them it's it's given them a gift of being able to connect because those who have been in proximity have been so toxic or trauma there is it's caused so much hurt there is a place i think for the connection that's coming for people through technology too absolutely absolutely yeah and and it, it, that um the quote i used from douglas rushkoff and he's been right i mean people if they've watched pbs's the influencers i mean he's got a bunch of frontline documentaries he's done he's but but the point he's making is that non-local technologies are great to connect people against great distances okay mm -hmm. people that can't can't be in person but they're really bad at connecting people in person if that makes sense mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like so like my parents live in washington state now if we're like well it only counts to be in person we're all, my kids are only going to see them once a year if that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and well oh uh we, we got to use the phone well, let me tell you, FaceTime is a lot more effective than the phone or, or uh, you know, Morse code or whatever, yeah. you know, faxes, you know, whatever it might be to see them on a screen. Now, is it ideal? Is it what, you know, them living around the corner? No, but that's just the way, the way we're, our lives are right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's non-local technologies are really help, really helpful at connecting people who can't be in person. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think about like so many of our congregation members would love to come to church, would love to be in person, but can't do it. Mm -hmm. Physical, um, transportation, whatever, a host of reasons. They shouldn't feel shameful or guilty about not coming. That's, mm -hmm. that's okay. But we've tried to make that possible through live streaming, through podcasting, right. doing what we're doing right now. Um, that's great. And I think, and I don't want people to feel guilty about that, but what I also, I just want people to make a conscious decision and not, um, and, and not, uh, and not be thoughtful. Um, in yeah. That. And, you know, I, like, and I use the example of like, 
which no one no one laughed as much as I laughed to myself about it, which <laughs> I did a lot. But like the two, the, you know, the couple at dinner, you know, who are on their cell phones, who, yes. who don't talk to each other. And I just like, and maybe that's like, Maybe people prefer that. I don't know. But like, <laughs> yeah, might, maybe just, it could hit too close to home for people. <laughs> yeah, but I just yeah. like, I'm always like, what what is going on? Um, yeah. But anyway, um, well, I guess I was just thinking too for people who, um, for whatever reason, the the that find themselves in the people that they are in proximity with are abusive to them or. You know, we've got we know of students that they don't feel like their families accept them or whatever, and so they've they've been able to find these communities online of people that are offering them support or um, anyway. There, uh, you know, there's just places where the that has been a lifesaver, I think, for yeah. people too. Yeah, and and I'm no luddite, like a luddite, you know, somebody who you know who hates technology or progress or development, and I I am not, and this is why I defined technology you know what i think people thought when before i even started this sermon i said this sermon's going to be about technology and the and the tower of babel and i think people were like what technology in the tower of babel all they're doing is you know building the tower but when you think about it they're built they're making bricks with bitumen yep. for mortar and they're gonna be, and i think like whether it's bricks or your cell phone or your ipad or whatever it might be we're always going to have technology as a part of our lives that we're, yeah. we're taking the stuff that we have and trying to use it, adapt it for, for our desires, for things we want, things we want to achieve, which is inherently not bad. But if we're doing it unconsciously, or we're not thinking about how it's going to affect ourselves, affect our friends, affect our family, yeah. affect the world, that's when it becomes problematic. And that's why, so when I define a technology, and then when it's, when technology is tied in with human pride, you know, the need and desire to make my name great, yeah. that becomes really problematic. And so I was trying, I, I think people bought it, but I was trying to say, you know, whether it's in a thousand years, you know, and, you know, we're all, you know, we're the Jetsons living you know, little bubbles in the sky. Human beings are still going to wrestle with pride yeah. and how we're going to use stuff. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get at. And so hopefully that's a timeless truth um, that could resonate with folks. And it's never something, you know, that we've fixed and now can move on. But it's a, it's always going to be something, um, you know, uh, you know, the difference, it's a dilemma of human life. You know what the difference between a dilemma and a problem is? A problem can be solved and a dilemma is something you have to learn to live with, right? Okay. Technology is a dilemma that we're always having to wrestle with and figure out. Um, and we're never going to like resolve it and can kind of move on. Okay. Okay. That's in good. My, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 And I think that you did that. I think that you did such a good job setting it up because you talked about, you know, our kind of human instinct is to take what we have to get what we want. And so the question is, or the, the dynamic to be aware of is that we got to be really careful about what we want. Those are the right. some of the words that you pulled from that you used in your sermon. I, yeah. So no, I think that you did a really great job setting that up. Good. Um, and then I really appreciated you circling back around to Pentecost as we kind of look at, um, you know, the coming of the spirit and what, 
one, I always appreciate when we're re reminded of kind of the arc of the narrative of, of what God's doing throughout kind of the history of people um, and this kind of reconciling that God's doing. And that in the midst of the reconciling, which is this is the point that you made is that in the midst of the reconciling, what God was doing is reconciling us to one another. And instead of like seeking our own name to be glorified, it was a matter of like <clears throat> communicating with others in order to glorify God's name that like, we are what we're constantly doing is called to get, kind of go out and and do the mission. So I, was, I appreciated you circling back to that and making the points about unity, which is not the same as sameness, um, and that all of that is for a really specific purpose of right doing what God's called us to do. Well, thank you. So. Yeah, and I just love that kind of bookending of you know Tower of Babel. Uh, you know, diversity that leads to disagreement, whereas in you know, Pentecost, the coming of the spirit, we see diversity, but leading to unity. And mm -hmm. I think when we recognize that is that becomes, it just is so much healthier to go, oh, Lindsay is much better at a lot of things than I am. And that's okay. I don't need to be competitive with you. I don't need to be jealous. I don't need to be envious, but I can celebrate your giftedness. And, and in fact, when you're gifted at doing stuff that I'm not, and I might be in maybe one or two ways gifted in ways that you're not, we actually make the church and stronger. We make the body of Christ stronger by being who God has called us to be. And when we're unified on mission, then we stay in our own lanes and can mm -hmm. cheer each other on mm -hmm. um, and not be seen as a competitive or, or a zero sum game where, you know, cause you have something that I'm less than, or because I have something, then you're less than, but we can both be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And you know, wait, well, you probably don't know this, but, um, but another way, just kind of of God putting things together in very cool ways. So this past Saturday, the women had, we did a women's retreat and we brought in Julianne Clayton to speak about being created for community. And so this sermon just fits so beautifully into so much of what the women spent a lot of time talking about on Saturday. And, um, and she talked about, we talked about how each of us are created differently and that's a really beautiful thing. And it means that it makes our worship fuller and better because of how we're all created differently. And, um, and we talked about the last session on Saturday was about division and what does it mean for us to be community in places where we feel really divided on things and, um, so anyway, it was just very cool and, and evidence of the spirit at work, how, how all this kind of fit together with what this group of women had been studying all weekend anyway. That's awesome. I heard it was a great, yeah, great retreat. Yeah. And, uh, I it, it was fantastic. Julian, I actually was here because I did a, a graveside service on Saturday. So I poked my head in and looked and, you know, it's so funny. Women's retreats and men's retreats are, <laughs> you know, the women are all. I just, they were all so quiet. They were like writing stuff down in their, you know, notebooks or whatever. And I was like, you know, men would be like up wandering around, like just like <laughs> hitting each other over the head, you know, like, so <laughs> they're very intense and I love it. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, she said amazing, so many amazing things um, that fit in perfectly with what we're talking about. She um, pulled up this study of, um, this uh, a girl who up until age 13 she had been severely severely neglected and so didn't have appropriate human interaction and so they were talking about at 13 some of the setbacks that this girl had including like um there were um 
she had to have all this like physical therapy because just even walking and fine motor skills, her her speech, her grammar, all of this therapies that that she had, it took them months to teach her just how to smile because she didn't have the appropriate human interaction. And so just um, kind of going back to what you're talking about, that in-person interaction and how powerful that is um, so that when we're deprived of it, it impacts us physically and spiritually and emotionally. And she said all these amazing things, but there's this one story that um, her husband is a, a pastor at a, a ch the church in Tallahassee where they attend that she shared. And I think it fits so beautifully. And so I'm totally going to steal it here. And then we can use it all the places that we want to after this. But um, she said her husband was doing a funeral and one of the grandchildren told the story of there was a snow globe with a rocking horse in it. And so every time he was at his grandmother's house, he loved to play with the snow globe and watch the rocking horse. And um, and so one time he's playing with it and, and it breaks, the, the snow globe breaks. And so he has to go tell his grandmother he's broken the snow globe. And she says, I don't want you to step on the glass. So go in the other room. I'll clean it up. It's totally fine. And so she cleans it up. And when it's all cleaned up, he comes back in and he notices that she's put the horse from in the rocking horse from inside the snow globe. She's put it up on the shelf. as like a, you know, like a, a, a decoration, um, and so he says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry I broke this, but I don't understand why did you keep the rocking horse if the snow globe was broken? And so as the story goes, she picked him up and held him and she rocked him and said, just because something's broken doesn't mean you throw it away. Which of course is this beautiful, powerful story as we're going in, into communion, but I think it fits so beautifully into your the, all of the points you're making in your sermon too about you know this Tower of Babel as things kind of we see it kind of fall apart. And then in Acts, we see God come in and just really beautifully say, I'm not going to throw this away, that, that this is, I'm, I'm working toward a bigger story of reconciliation and, and people coming together and doing great things together. And, and God didn't throw us away. So that was good days. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was powerful. It's powerful. And um, I was like, great, we're going to steal that now and use that story because <laughs> it's so good. And I thought it fit in so well. I love it. Yeah. And I did just, since you referenced the Jetsons, I just real quick looked that up because I'm wondering like when we're going to get there. And just so you know, the Jetsons were set in the year 2062. So we're just 40 years out from living in the sky. Yeah, hopefully we'll be around to see it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, we already had the, the FaceTime thing going that they always, that was the big thing is they had FaceTime already. So. Oh, really? I never, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've ever really watched the Jetsons. <laughs> oh. I just oh. know it's a cultural phenomenon, you know. Yeah, like, that was the big thing. They FaceTimed and they could FaceTime from their car. Was the Jetsons like, is it like a futuristic version of the Flintstones? Well, they both were Hanna-Barbera. And so they, yes. They, and every once in a while they did like little crossover episodes or whatever. Oh, but yes. So I'm it not was crazy. The, Right, the Flintstones were the prehistoric family, and the Jetsons right. were the futuristic story. And okay, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, okay, for some reason they're like kind of intertwined in my mind together, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I have no idea why. <laughs> yeah, it's the same people. Okay. Yeah, sense. Warner Brothers, I think. But yeah, funny. Well, thank you. Thanks for your sermon yesterday, and um, uh, as always, the wisdom that you bring to these reflections. I think it's so helpful for us just to think about what this looks like, and this is clearly a, a very 
it's a topic that hits all of us as you um, illustrated with the different cell phone and church <laughs> illustrations. <laughs> I don't know, That's I can't remember who sent that to me, but I need to, I should probably send him a check and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was real good, that was really good. All right, then what are we looking forward to next week? Okay, so Carrie Weatherford is going to be preaching, and she, I believe, is preaching on the story of Abraham's call. So this, the founding of the what we call the Abrahamic covenant, God's uh, commitment to bless Abraham and his descendants, and then his call for Abraham to bless others. And so I, it's actually a text I, I preached on a lot, and so I, I wanted somebody else to be able to speak on it and give kind of their perspective. So right. Carrie's going to be preaching on it, which I'm really, really excited about. And then the following week, we're going to look at, um, what did I call it? Blessing to break up. And it's this uh, division between Abraham and Lot, you know, uh, and oh, they come nice. to this kind of fork in the road and they're, they've grown too numerous. There's too many, they have too many animals to be traveling together uh, for where they're going. And so they have to, they have to break up. They have to, one goes one direction, one goes the other direction. And I want to think about um, that as a blessing. Uh, sometimes uh, we have to make hard choices. And so that'll be in two weeks. And then, okay. Lindsay, then we're, we're uh, to Lent. We're going to have Ash yeah. Wednesday. We're going to look at uh, spiritual disciplines during Lent, which I'm really, really excited for. We've got some special things uh, for this, uh, Closing the Distance. Uh, we're going to have some cool conversations with some folks. I'm really looking forward to that. Good. That's going to be great. I do know that this Sunday is also Bible Sunday for our three-year-olds, our three-year-old Sunday school class and our third graders too. So that is always fun to have the, the kids in worship too. So we'll look forward to that too. Yeah. When we give them Bibles that are bigger than they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like dropping them because they're, yeah. So yeah. It's it. such a special day. One of my favorite moments, because I believe Major is getting a Bible this year, right? That's right. Yep. Yes. That is one of my favorite, and just every once in a while, as you know, we don't get to sit with our families and worship very often, and there's a lot of things that happen on Sundays that we don't always get to participate in with our children, and so that's one of my favorite moments is when I got to give my kids their Bibles, and oh my gosh, am I having like a tear right now? I think I might be, <laughs> because when he, it was in third grade, my old Brandon, when I was giving Brandon his Bible, you know, he's very like, he's introverted he's yep. very whatever and so when I gave him his bible just like my instinct was to kind of give him a hug and a kiss on the top of his head and um and somebody I actually think it was Dorinda Purvis but a church member snapped a picture of it and so I have this picture wow. of when I got to give him his bible and I'm kissing him on his head and it's just it's such a sweet little moment I'm so I, so grateful I got to be part of so I'm excited for you I'm excited for nature to get his bible this Sunday That's it's awesome. really sweet and you got, yeah. and now you have a photo of the last time you kissed him. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I was allowed to hug him. That was, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's a great ministry of Roswell Presbyterian Church. And what a what a beautiful um, congregation we're and community we we're able to be a part of. And so and I just I love how we love our kids and trying to let them know how much God loves them and it's raise them. Um, pretty awesome. So good. It's so good. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this time together. All right. I'll see you later. Take care. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.